0: Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find the meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing again from our friend Robin, who spoke about self-love. Please enjoy. Hi everybody. I'm just gonna take a second and like make eye contact and ground myself in my body because i feel extremely <sighs> i feel really anxious you know it's it's interesting one of my coping mechanisms is just is my anxiety and it presents itself usually in front of people i am still afraid of people and i still put people on a pedestal and still and fearful, it, and it's not the grown-up me; it's the baby me. You know, she's still just terrified of somebody shaming the shit out of her and pointing at her and telling her that she's not good enough. You know. So now that that's said, um, I chose to talk about um, self-love. So I'm an ACA. I've been an ACA for this is my coming up on six years uh, next month. I got sober in 2008, and that was kind of the beginning of what the the topic that I chose, which was self love. Um, And I I feel like that was the beginning for me of me getting inside of my body and realizing that I'm a spiritual being that has that is way 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 more valuable and this planet than what I initially thought I was. Um, so the page is 434 and it's at the very top and it says, it has been said that you cannot give away what you do not have. It has also been said that you cannot love another person until you learn to love yourself. We believe these declarations of wisdom are the basic, are is the basis for an ACA axiom. You cannot love another person until you love yourself and claim that love, that love with beneath and consistent action. We have seen many people speak words of self-love and affirmation while practicing something else. Self-love is never harmful or selfish. The life beyond survival is the life of self-love, but lack of self-love was our dilemma. How can an adult child who was taught from the earliest years to abandon himself truly love from the inside out? That's my big dilemma. We have an, an- we have an answer grounded in the ACA experience. The love is there and God-given. The love has always been there. We need a power to reawaken this love from within. The main focus of this book is to help you find a power greater than yourself to transport you from mere survival to self-love. We believe that loving oneself is the only way we can truly recognize God because God is love. Learning to love ourselves and connect with our higher power addresses our original cause of self-hate. or self-abandonment. Since childhood, we have carried a wound created by a primary relationship with our parents or family. We were ruptured emotionally and spiritually as children. To survive, we live by the laundryless traits, which reject self-love and, God-given, and God-driven fear and para-alcoholism. We sought an unending number of relationships, schemes, and addictions in an effort to connect with someone who would fix us or let us fix them. We tried hard, but it never worked. We cannot find love or the higher power in someone else. It must begin with us. So So yeah, that's fucking daunting. Like, <laughs> right? Like and I remember in 2008 I had I had done this teacher training in yoga and I was going to a meeting a day at least and I was working the steps and I was You know she had said to me you need to learn how to love yourself and I just thought like what does that even mean like what are you taught like that felt like a foreign language to me and I guess fast forward to me coming into this program I, I still like I came and I sat in these meetings and I cried in the chair and I read the laundry list traits and I don't know that I even really could identify with them I just knew that I related to you guys I knew that I related to the pain I knew that I related to not feeling like I was enough Um, and I knew that I needed a community and that community felt very nurturing and supportive for me Um, and I think so fast forward another few years I you know I realized like I don't know how to eat food like I I am so bombarded by the emotional trauma that is within my body that I disassociate by restriction right? So I wasn't able to feed myself properly. And when you don't feed yourself properly, you're unable to feel your feelings, right? It's, it's protection. So, and that was another coping mechanism that I had had for years and years and years since I was probably seven. So I, you know, the beginning of what feels like real progress in this program for me felt um, was when I higher power gave me a therapist six years ago. And this therapist, um, said to me, you know, I'm really scared for you. I'm really, really scared for you. And we, I think you need more support in this area. So I went to treatment for my eating disorder and I don't know, once I started to eat food, things just seemed to get better. It was like one of those things where like my nervous system seemed to calm a little bit. Life didn't seem so daunting. I realized that I can't work 16 hours in a row without a break. Like that's a a limitation for me. I realize that I have needs as a human being, um, that I need sleep, that I need caring people, that I need to go where it's warm. Um, I need these meetings. I need you people, I need a sponsor. I need step work in my life in one way or another. Um, Yeah, and I, I started to form this relationship with this inner child. And I knew she existed prior, but then it was like this real, I don't know, this real solid internal visualized relationship that it's internalized now that is an experience that I can't really, it's like magic for me. It's a magical relationship that I work with with the fellows in this program and my therapist, and it is transforming me from a place of scarcity and survival, um, you know, I shared a couple of weeks ago, like. I didn't think it was okay to have a job if you weren't bleeding like that was just i was being a pussy, right because that's what my dad would have called me um and i'm learning that like no it's actually okay to have a job where you work 10 hours a day and and i've somehow managed with the help of the literature and the help of everybody in the room to set boundaries like i work a job now where you know i don't have a commute i wake up and i go to work and i have a cup of coffee and it's a beautiful fresh espresso right out of the coffee machine just how I like it and I start my day and it's a bit hectic and I don't like stress because I do not like to feel feelings I do not like feeling feelings um, but I talk to my little girl and we I say guess what you're gonna come with me we're gonna do this creative job that we decided to do together like we're, we're here for the whole day together And, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's an intimate relationship with people, which is also bringing up all of my stuff from my parents, which is really a gift. You know, my sponsor says, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. H. Thank you. Thank you. This woman is, she is my spiritual teacher, 100%, this woman that I work for. And she is not regulated at all, ever. And she's demanding. And she is a, she is an adult child. And she is who I work with five days a week, 24 hours a day. And it's a real testament for me to say that like I show up at work and I tell this woman who I see as my father, because energetically that's what it is for me. It's an energetic version of my father. And I say to her like, I'm so sorry, like I have limitations, I can't do that. And, and I know that's really disappointing and I'm disappointed too, believe it or not. Like that really, it hurts me that I can't bend into a pretzel for you, but I just can't physically do it. And, and to teach this woman how to treat me like I'm a human um, has been so incredibly uncomfortable, so incredibly uncomfortable and so incredibly rewarding all at the same time. Um, and I like, I'm 38 years old and I'm liking my body you know, that's, that's like a brand new thing. Like I can look in the mirror and I look at myself every morning and I say like, I love you. Like, I love you. You're fucking awesome. Um, and the, you know, I'm a chef and I plate food all day long and it's never good enough. And I have to constantly, no baby girl, that is, it's just food. It's just food. You are not Picasso. You are not, you are, it can just be food today. Is it, is it tasty? Yes then that's you know it's a beautiful yes is it with great ingredients yes i used to think that that energy of negativity and self criticism was what fueled me to be better right like if i just pound the shit out of myself that's what's going to make me better but it turns out that that just really shuts me down and i turn out being somebody that's not authentically me it's like whoever i think daniel hume would want me to be or something i don't know um so yeah, and, and I've constructed my day so that I get a nap. So every day at three o'clock I say, goodbye everyone, I'm going for a sleep. And I go in my room and I do a meditation and I have a nap and I restart my day. And I come in and I can listen to whatever music my inner kid wants to listen to and I cook whatever food I want to and I get a paycheck at the end of it, which is shocking. Um, you know, I. I had big issues, like I don't have a car. Well, this lady says, here's a car. So I have a brand new car to drive. And is it mine? No, but she gives it to me. Thank you. You know, and so there's all these beautiful things for my inner kid, like today I came to Brooklyn in the car. You know, that's not so bad. Um, And I think financial insecurity is also a big factor in my recovery. Um, Scraping by, uh, I have a cycle of like, over earning and burning myself out and then putting myself into extreme debt and it's only been a pattern that's really happened a couple times but like that's enough i'm good and so i'm kind of um at an i'm I'm moving my way up and have a bank account that has some savings in it and have some financial security and my inner kid feels so relieved at that security Um, but also I can't really like, it talks about in the book, like dreaming bigger, like what are your dreams? Like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know what my dreams are. Um, I could tell you my inner kid's dream and solution is that like, I should have uh, a beach house in Costa Rica and a jillion dollars in the bank and also like maybe a Maybach or something, but, but I don't know what my actual I don't know i don't know what i actually want in my life and so yeah so i started to go to a new program to see what that would be like to reparent myself when it comes to my finances and when it comes to having a vision about my future um and i can do it in the gray which i like too i everything used to be always black or white for me i had to come into a program and work the steps um, immediately and get through the four step and just feel the feelings and like scrape on the chalkboard and, you know, and I have a busy summer and I said to my sponsor, I really can't commit to a whole lot in this program. And she said, well, how about like one question a week and one meeting a week? And I was like, yeah. And there was something so incredibly pacifying and soothing about the idea of me continuing to move forward in a way that doesn't hurt me. Right, because I I just always abandon myself um, in this I don't know mission to like charge forward and be somewhere that isn't in my body. Um, so I actually real quick I brought a drawing because the other thing that's really cool that's helped me so much is with my therapist I've been doing um, I've been doing artwork. So. Um, my inner kid is really excited about these drawings, and also um, they feel so super sacred, and also so transitional, I guess. So this is a picture that I drew. That's sort of something that lives inside of me. And my therapist um, looked at it and she said, "Well, she felt like it looked like an embryo." And um, and so I thought, "Well, isn't that really beautiful?" Like I'm I'm like birthing myself Um, and then this one was one that I've been really uh, I felt attached to at work and with humans like my people pleasing and just so terrified of criticism so this is a a picture the little one is a picture of me when I was little and um, this is a picture of my father when he was in his 40s he's much he's much more slumped over now Um, and the picture is him sort of like pointing and shaming me, you fucking idiot. And, um, and then what my therapist had me do was draw my inner loving parent, get her, you know, she drew her and she has this safe little place around her to get her the hell out of there. And, um, and then to draw her in her safe place. So this is my little girl's safe place. She, um, she has a box that she lives in right here. It's a glass box. My therapist says one day she won't live in that box, that she'll live elsewhere. But for right now, this is where she's at. And in this glass box, the sun is shining, and there's food to nourish myself. There's Gracie the dog, who is a standard poodle. Thank you. Um, There's Pippa, who is the magician, because, like, the shit she does with me is magic. I have no idea how it works. Um, My nutritionist, my loving parent, and then there's baby me, who wants to be in a bikini like in all moments. Like she just wants to be in that bathing suit ready for the pool in all moments. Um, And it's interesting because in the moments of me with my boss where she's doing this to me, I'm actually able to grab my little girl somehow in conversation and like put her back in her box and, and like stand there and go okay. I wasn't able to do it today with this many people but with my boss it's been working so yeah crazy journey. It's very layered and I'm grateful for all of you guys.